the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. Good morning, People's Baptist Church, and welcome to this worship service, and welcome to all of those who have joined us, who are not members of the church, but you have um, been with us for the number of weeks that we have been live streaming, and we thank God for you and pray that his blessings will be upon you as together we worship the Lord. And this service is coming to you from the Sanctuary of People's Baptist Church of Boston. The title of the message today is Loving People We Don't Like. Last Sunday, I preached on our duty to love one another. It's a command of our Lord Jesus Christ. Today, I want to address a practical problem which confronts every one of us. That is, how to overcome our resentment towards people we don't like. In this scripture... It was read for us early, earlier from Luke chapter 6. Jesus is telling us, those of us who are his disciples, that the true test of love is not how we get along with our friends, but how we get along with our enemies. Jesus gives us the formula to love people we don't like in Luke chapter 6, 27 and 28. We all deal with people we don't like. We don't like people who make us feel inferior. We don't like people who think they are always right. We don't like people who find fault with everything but have no constructive solutions for anything. We don't like people who pretend to be what they are not. And we don't like people who view everything in life in terms of what it will mean for their own comfort and success. What we don't like about other people is the basis of conflict and resentment between neighbors, between employer and employee, between teacher and student, between haves and have-nots, between parent and child, and between husband and wife. The test of Christian discipleship is to be able to love people we don't like. 
Jesus gives us the formula to love people we don't like in Luke chapter 6, 27 and 28. And the first part of the formula is love your enemies. In verse 27 of Luke chapter 6, Jesus says, But to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. And we need to recognize that on this sermon that Jesus is giving, the Sermon on the Mount, he is giving us the values of the kingdom of God, which are altogether different from the values of the world in which we live. The teaching of Jesus here makes us rather uncomfortable. For it is the most unnatural thing in the world to love someone who has hurt you, someone who is an enemy in some respect. Among the teaching of Jesus, I can hardly think of one that is more complex or difficult than loving your enemies. We live in such polarized time. We live in a violent time that is shaken by racism, injustice, crime, and brutality. Loving our enemies cannot be done in our own strength, but only through the power of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus says, love your enemies, we need to recognize that in the New Testament, there are three Greek words for love which carry very different meanings. Most of you already know these words, but they are eros, phileo, and agape. Eros means being drawn to another person because of his or her attractiveness. It is from eros that we get the word erotic. Eros is the love between a man and a woman. That is romantic love, the love in a happy marriage relationship. Philea is an attraction to another person because of mutual interest or concern. It rises between two people who enjoy the same things, who like the same people. It is found in friendship or brotherly love. Philea is the root, is the root word from which we get philanthropy, a love of mankind that issues in benevolent gifts or deeds. Agape, unlike the other two types of love, does not depend upon the lovableness of another person or upon shared interests. It arises from the recognition of the needs of other people. It has no hidden motive. This love expresses itself in action. This is the word Jesus is using in our text when he says, Love your enemies is a word also used in John chapter 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Because God so loved the world, he did not just um, think about um, us or feel that we are, we are just in need, but he did something practical. He gave. Because love is an action word. It does something. 
And so, because God loves us, he expresses that love in giving something, doing something practical for us. It's also the word Paul uses in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 6. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. In the Bible, whenever love is commanded as a duty to our neighbors or towards our enemies, it is always agape that is used and never eros or phalia. You can therefore love your enemies in spite of the fact that you don't like them because this kind of love is an, is an action of the will and not of your feelings or emotions. Jesus never said we must like our enemies. What he commands is that we love them that is, desire their welfare, seek their highest good, whether we like them or not. Liking is something which is more natural than loving. We are not commanded to like everybody because we cannot do that. For like depends upon physical attractiveness, temperament, and a thousand and one other things. What Jesus commands us to do is to love our enemies and treat them as if we do like them. Agape love is practical. It is active. So if we do not like certain people because of what they have done to us or because of the behavior or because of the personality, we need not feel guilty so long as we treat them as if we do like them. This is a point that Jesus was making in the parable of the Good Samaritan. The Jews traditionally hated the Samaritans and were their bitter enemies. Our Lord tells us in the parable, when the Jew was attacked by thieves and robbers on the road between Jericho and Jerusalem, Several Jews passed by and did not help the man who was wounded. But the Samaritan, the traditional enemy, went across the road and bound up the wounds of the man who was badly injured and left for dead and did everything he could to help him, including taking him to an inn and underwriting the expenses. That is loving your enemy, doing something good for someone even though you don't like them. We can love people we don't like because the Holy Spirit has placed agape love in our hearts. It does not come naturally for us to love our enemies or to love people we don't like. But uh, God has provided us with the ability to do so Because of who we are, we are members of his kingdom, we are kingdom people, and we are governed by the values of his kingdom. The second part of Jesus' formula for loving people we don't like is, do good to those who hate us. 
do good to those who hate you. And that's a part of verse, verse 27. When someone has been really spiteful and cruel to us, Jesus says we must not do the same to them. We are not to retaliate in kind. Rather, we must respond with actions of kindness. Doing good to those who hate you means seeing beyond your pain and their meanness to their humanity. It means seeing them as people made in the image of God and understanding that there is something twisted inside that causes them to do what they do. During the War of Independence, while General George Washington's army was freezing the cold in Valley Forge, the British were in their warm barracks in Philadelphia. Morale in the Continental Army was low, and General Washington himself was filled with an overwhelming sense of helplessness. In the course of the winter, a man walked 50 miles through the bitter cold to Philadelphia to beg General Washington to spare the life of a soldier who had been sentenced to die for neglect of duty. I'm very sorry, said General Washington, but I cannot grant the request for your friend's pardon. Oh, he's not my friend, the man replied. There's not another man alive who hates me as your prisoner does. General Washington looked very surprised and said, surely you are not pleading for someone who hates you. Yes, said the man, because I know him to be completely innocent of the charge. Then, said Washington, I shall grant the pardon. He says, Christians, members of the family of God, we are called to live on the high level of returning good for evil. This does not happen out in the world. This happens to kingdom people, people who love the Lord and whose uh, spirit is, is in us. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 12, uh, 20 and 21, puts it like this. If your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you but conquer evil by doing good. We are most like Jesus when we do good to those who hate us. When Jesus was on earth, he was hated by the Sadducees, despised by the Pharisees, falsely accused by the priests, ridiculed and laughed at by the crowd at the cross rejected by his own disciples and humiliated by his enemies. And what did he do? He gave his life for the very people who were crucifying him so that they could be redeemed from their sins. This is an example of what it means to do good to those who hate you. 
But the third part of the formula for loving those that we do not like is pray for those who mistreat you. Pray for those who mistreat you. First, love your enemies in the sense of desiring their welfare. Second, do good to those who hate you. And finally, pray for them. Jesus adds emphasis to this last step by saying it in two different ways. In Luke chapter 6, 28, bless those who curse you and pray for those who hurt you. You see, when we are being cruelly mistreated by someone, Jesus says we should pray for them. Instead of being bitter and resentful, we must remind ourselves that God is in complete control of the situation. If you believe in the sovereignty of God, you must believe that your enemy is sent by God's design and with God's approval. Your enemy could not torment you apart from God's permission. Behind your enemy stands the hand of God. And God will never have permitted it if he did not intend to bring something good out of it. Someone suggested that you should take a picture of your enemy, frame it, put it where you can see it, and thank God for your enemy every time you look at the picture and send up a prayer for that person. See, prayer is a practical step, the divine formula for getting rid of resentment. You cannot pray for a person and continue to dislike or hate that person. When Martin Niemöller, a German pastor, was arrested by the Nazis in World War II, he prayed daily from his prison cell for his captors. Other prisoners asked why he prayed for those who were his enemies. And he replied, Do you know anyone who needs your prayers more than your enemies? The question was, What if you hate the person you are praying for? And Niemöller replied, Tell the Lord. He won't be surprised. Then say something like this, Lord, I hate this person, but you already know that. I ask you to love this person through me because I can't do it in my own power. I ask you for a love I don't have and can't begin to produce. God will not turn you away when you come with an honest heart. Admitting that you need his love to flow through you. So ask God to bless them. When faced with someone who has mistreated you, ask God to do for them what you want God to do for you. Seek the blessing for them that you want God to give to you. Your enemy is a gift from God to you. Though you don't know it and often can't see it. The person who has hurt you so deeply is a gift from God to you. To say that is not to excuse evil or to condone mistreatment. It is to say exactly what Joseph meant when he said to his brothers, you meant evil against me, 
but God meant it for good. Our enemies humble us. They keep us on our knees. They reveal our weakness, and they expose our total need of God. We need the enemies God sends to us. If we didn't need them, he wouldn't send them. Therefore, we thank God who knows best, and we love our enemies the best way we can. Often God raises up an enemy to see if we really want to be like Jesus. He will keep our enemies alive and well as long as we need them. The Apostle Paul tells us in Romans chapter 12 and verse 14, Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. And again in verse 19 of, of Romans chapter 12, Paul says, Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge, I will pay them back, says the Lord. And Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9 says, Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do, and he will grant you his blessing. If we believe in Jesus at all, we must say to our enemies, I love you. When Jesus walks with us, we will find the strength to love our enemies. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. took seriously these words of Jesus, and as a result, was able to say to his enemies in his book, Strength to Love. He says, do to us what you will, and we shall still love you. Throw us in jail, and we shall still love you. Bomb our homes and threaten our children, and we shall still love you. Send your hooded perpetrators of violence into our community at the midnight hour, and beat us and leave us half dead, and we shall still love you. That was not mere sentiment or preacher talk. It is a result of the love of God poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. There is nothing, no problem, no situation, no hatred, no insult, no discrimination, no false accusation, no gossip, no negative circumstance that can defeat us when we are standing in God's love, walking in his love, and reflecting his loving nature. When we do loving things for our enemies, as Joel McKeever says in his book, The Most Revolutionary, World-Changing Thing Jesus Ever Said. He said, when we do loving things for our enemies, God is honored. Jesus is pleased. The Holy Spirit is able to use our actions to accomplish his will. The devil is infuriated because we're not playing by the rules. Those who did bad things to you are puzzled. The critics of the church are silenced. The church itself is blessed. Christians going through hard times are inspired. Outsiders are drawn to Jesus. You yourself are blessed. Your anger goes away and your reward in heaven 
is great. Nothing you and I will do in this life is more important than to show the love of Christ to people who, who get on our nerves, constantly harass us, and make life miserable for us. Jesus tells us to pray for those who mistreat us. And I believe this is the ultimate letting go of the pain, the hurt, the anger, the resentment, and the bitterness that we experience. It happens when we can actually pray for the person who has wounded us. Not praying for something bad to happen to them, but praying for them to experience the power of Jesus. Pray for their hearts to be softened and pray that they would experience Christ's love. For everyone who responds to Christ's love receives peace for their mind, joy for their soul, inspiration for their life, comfort for their pain, healing for their hurt, and help for their circumstances. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. And pray for those who hurt you. This is the word of the Lord to his kingdom disciples. Amen. Or hymn of discipleship is more love to thee, O Lord. As Mr. White plays this on the organ, you have the opportunity to reflect on what you've heard, reflect on your attitude, and simply say, Lord, I need you to change my heart and to help me to love the people that I don't like and to show that we are your disciples. So why don't you use this moment to reflect on what your life is like and how you have treated those whom you may have called enemies. And think of what Jesus is saying to you. He's saying something which is different from that. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m., You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith.